hope I never see another spring as long as I live. The Outline World Dispatch. Monday, April 24th, 2017. I'm Jeffy Haza. On today's dispatch, Adrian Jeffries on eSports in Hawaii. For games that have huge tournaments where players can win real money, milliseconds matter. Alex Nichols on a new book about the Clinton campaign. It's not brutal, but I think it's it's honest. And Yvette Dontremont on Gwyneth Paltrow's Bad Science. How many things Gwyneth Paltrow told women to shove into their vaginas? Here's the dispatch. The future. It's a Thursday around 10 p.m., and I'm in a strip mall in Honolulu. Outside one of the stores, there's a bunch of kids standing around, smoking cigarettes and laughing. I walk inside, and it feels like the cyberpunk scene from a 90s movie, like Hackers or The Matrix. Wanna play a game? It's only four bucks. I mean, I will definitely get down with some Overwatch. This is PC Gamers, with a Z, of course. It's crowded. There are banks of monitors and people with headphones. A lot of people are vaping, and the air is hazy and smells like candy. You've never played on PC though, right? It's actually, also, I'm, it's way I'm doing story. <laughs> I'm here to check out the local esports scene, where gamers compete online at a high level in games like League of Legends. Joe Walker works here. Yes, this is a it's Thursday like, night, so we kind of do like a little uh, weekly uh, mini League of Legends tournament. I don't know what you would call it, like a little pickup mixer game. I'll be honest, the esports scene in Hawaii is tiny. Here at PC Gamers, there's obviously a lot of interest in League of Legends. One kid told us he plays 50 hours a week. But there's one thing that makes it really hard for players in Hawaii to go pro. On the screen, you, you wouldn't see yourself getting hit because of high, higher ping. You know, you're gonna see them skipping across the screen or you're just not miss, you're not hitting anything because uh, they're lagging. We're talking about ping, which is shorthand for latency the delay in the amount of time it takes for data to get from one place to another, largely because of physical distance. And there's nothing these players can do about it because Hawaii is just too far away from the servers they're playing on. How expensive is, is an ethernet cable? Or like a seafloor a, a sea uh, installed one? I know that's, that's how they do a lot of cables, right? Do you know how latency works? That's one gamer, Joshua Scott, talking to Devin Woolery, the owner of PC Gamers. It's not how fast your internet is. It's your distance, miles, to the location. Devin's right. The farther it has to travel, the longer the delay will be. Let's say a piece of data leaves Honolulu and travels as far as it can go, halfway around the Earth, and then comes back to where it started. That would take about 130 milliseconds. And that's if we assume the data is traveling through fiber optic cables at close to the speed of light, and not wasting any time hopping around intermediate servers along the way. For games that have huge tournaments where players can win real money, the games you can make a career in, milliseconds matter. Who's gonna get this fight? It's not time just yet! When Riot Games, the publisher of League of Legends, moved its servers from LA to Chicago, people here noticed. For the first six years, five or six years, the servers were in California. That's Devin again, the owner of PC Gamers. So ping was about 60 uh, ms, which isn't too bad. Uh, then last year, or maybe the year before, they moved the servers to Chicago. When it increased to about 120 millisecond, uh, when you're playing with somebody that has, say, two, say they live right next to Chicago, when they attack things, 
uh, it's harder for us to dodge them. Or when, when we attack, they, they can dodge it easier. Hawaii has graduated two pro League of Legends players. Marcus Hill, or Dyrus, who played for TSM until he retired at the ripe age of 23 in 2015. And Matthew Lento, or Matt, who plays on Team Liquid. Like right now I'm playing a league game, and it's 59 ping. Mm-hmm. Wait, you're playing a game right now? Yeah. Like as we're talking? Yeah. <laughs> Matt recently moved to L.A., but he grew up in Hawaii, and he remembers what it was like to play with a high ping. Like you can imagine one of those football players, and instead of being, you know, a regular football player in real life, he has to, like, close his eyes for, like, a quarter of a second for every second, and he has to judge all of his decisions based on the information he knew before, and then he has to kind of just plug in the information for the last quarter of a second. It's really just, you know, I guess you kind of just develop your own kind of sixth sense for how to play League when you're on a latency. Riot Games declined to answer questions for this story. They said they didn't have time because there are championship finals going on. But Matt says that if Riot put a tournament server in Hawaii, it would solve the latency problem. Otherwise, there isn't really anything that can be done. It's just physics. We rarely think about the physicality of the internet, but it's there. It's why financial traders pay for server space close to the New York Stock Exchange. It's what doctors performing remote surgery are worried about. And it's why Hawaii's remoteness is still a factor in esports. Power. Last week saw the release of Shattered, Inside Hillary Clinton's Doomed Campaign, a book by Jonathan Allen and Amy Parnes. Alex Nichols reviewed the book for The Outline, and he's here now to talk about it. Hey, Alex. Hey. So you wrote this piece, uh, basically a review of the campaign meltdown documentary book, Shattered. Can you talk a little bit about who wrote this and like where it came from? Well, the authors are Jonathan Allen and Amy Parnes, who are pretty much the definition of access-seeking establishment DC journalists. In 2014, they wrote a Hillary Clinton biography that got slammed by reviewers for just being pretty obviously written like under the auspices of the of the campaign. It didn't say anything negative about her. In the last two years, obviously, things have changed. DC journalists are now willing to get pretty nasty and get anonymous interviewers, and the the end result is pretty devastating. Is there any sympathy for Hillary herself throughout the narrative? It's not brutal, but I think it's it's honest. Everyone interviewed is someone who worked for her, so it's not people who hate her. They wanted her to win, and she didn't. It's interesting, yeah. One of the details that has come out this week about the book is the fact that uh, the first person Hillary called after losing the election was Obama, and she called him to apologize. Yeah, that's what, that's one of the uh, the few moments in the book where you really feel uh, empathy for her mm. in that she's just completely devastated, and she's calling him to apologize for letting him down, and, he, and Obama's telling her that she needs to concede that it's over, and it's just, it's a complete mess in the, in the, in the Javits Center. Everything's just imploded in, in the span of a few hours. And then once she uh, refuses to come out in the Javits Center and sends John Podesta, then you start to lose a, a little bit of the empathy. Well, folks, I know you've been here a long time, and it's been a long night, 
and it's been a long uh, campaign. But I could say uh, we can wait a little longer, can't we? <laughs> They're still counting votes. Yeah, that's an interesting point you make, which is like for every moment where you kind of feel this humanizing factor to Hillary Clinton, then there's this moment of just complete silly sort of chaos. Like every time you feel bad for her, you also there's also something where it's like this is basically her fault or she does something that's just really ill-advised. It's hard to feel like she's totally a victim or totally mismanaging everything. Do you think this is useful for Democratic planners, people in the party? Yeah, I think it's it's definitely useful for uh, showing people that you can't base everything on analytics. You can't base it just on data because it, it goes wrong so easily. It also should tell people in a broader sense that the D.C. establishment is not to be trusted. You can't just put people in who have experience or who have good resumes or whatever, people who all hate each other and expect them to win just by having the right credentials. Thanks, Alex. You're welcome. Thank you. Culture. Gwyneth Paltrow, the actress-turned-lifestyle maven, has been dispensing alternative health advice on her website, Goop, since 2008. It's full of outlandish claims about health and wellness, and of course, it sells a lot of expensive products around those claims. Yvette Dantremont, also known as the Psy Babe, wrote about Goop for the outline last week. So, hi Yvette. Howdy. So you wrote this piece this week about the unbearable wrongness of Gwyneth <laughs> Paltrow. So it's about it's about Gwyneth Paltrow's like online lifestyle quasi-science brand called Goop, and I guess that's a good place to start. What is Goop? Goop is a really great description of her stuff. Um, she uh, she's she's gone from you know actress to lifestyle Fragrance. maven. Um, companies can hide like thousands of ingredients. And None of these things have like anything cohesive or anything science-based. Basically 99% of conventional fragrances and also if you see fragrance in home cleaning products or deodorant or anything, it means that they can hide, you know, endocrine disrupting chemicals and carcinogens and they can put anything they want. So she thinks everything that she hasn't approved personally is toxic. She, it's, she's just fighting a one-woman war on toxins and it's, she says that there are toxins in your tampons, your sunscreen, your lipstick. What does she think a toxin is? Like, she seems to think a toxin is just anything that she doesn't understand and can't name. And so she, she defies, so she just wants you to, to go for products that sound kind of natural. So what are some of the examples of things that she sells that really have no basis in like the reality of science? That I, how many, how many things has Buddha Paltrow told women to shove into their vaginas um, and that have no basis in science? So first of all, Buddha Paltrow is not a gynecologist that I, that I know of. Maybe she's hiding that from mm. us, but she's told women to shove a jade egg, a rock, as I like to call it, uh, into their vaginas. And it would do a number of things. Wow. And here's the crazy part. There was a 4,000 person waiting list when she put this onto Goop. And her suggestion for which sunscreen, she calls, you know, the bad sunscreens, chemical sunscreens, and the good sunscreens, min mineral sunscreens. Minerals are a type of chemical. 
There are because life is made up of chemicals. Drop, open, wrap. The the uh, this trainer that she's now partners with. Hi, Goo Breeders. I'm Tracy Anderson. She claims that women should never lift more than three pounds or they'll bulk. It's she needs to take a physiology class because this is it's incredibly hard to put on muscle. You're actually making your muscles stronger and having them work together, and then we're getting really great skin tone as well. So it's, it's, and one of the other things she tells people is that she should, they should eat baby food as a dietary supplement because it eliminates, again, toxicity. It eliminates toxins. There's nothing about mashing up your food that eliminates toxicity from your, from your system. It's crazy. Like what, like how far does Gwyneth Paltrow's advice veer into something along the lines of medical malpractice? Does she have an argument that she's just... A performer, or how you know, how is this basically? How is this legal? The way that, I, if I had to guess, the way she's getting away with this is by putting that little proviso at the bottom of her site that says, uh, "What we're saying on the site is not intended to um, to replace medical advice from a doctor," and that's that's how you get away with this. Uh, she she's making bank on this, and people are getting horrific advice. From the worst experts the internet can find. I guess one one thing I wonder is, do you think Gwyneth Paltrow at the end of the day believes in all of these things? I I really I I think so. Like um, I suspect there are some people that sell these things that they're kind of you know winking and they it, they don't uh, and they don't believe any of it. Um, but it, it's I I think she's genuine in her belief of of all of this crazy stuff. She's just. She's very open-minded to the point that her brain's fallen out of her ears. Uh, Well, thanks a lot. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. That's it for The Dispatch. And by the way, we just started a new thing here at The Outline where we're curating Spotify playlists each month. Um, Our first playlist is all songs that make us think of climate change. So if you just search on your Spotify app for The Outline, you'll be able to find us. I'm Jeffy Haza. Until tomorrow. Eight, two, eight, four, sounds.